Welcome to the Joey Mitchell Podcast, Celebrity Interviews. Joey's been broadcasting his radio show throughout California for over 51 years and has interviewed hundreds of celebrities. Most of these interviews have only aired once. Now, he's decided to share them once again. Every week, a new celebrity with a behind-the-scenes peek into what happened before and after the interview. So sit back, relax, and get set to travel back in time. Here's Joey. Thank you, Todd Baker, and welcome aboard once again for our celebrity interviews. Well, this interview has to do with one of country music's first African-American singers. As a matter of fact, he was the first. Of course, I'm talking about Charlie Pry. Charlie was born on March the 18th, 1934 in Sledge, Mississippi. He was the fourth of 11 kids to poor sharecroppers. When he was 14, his mom purchased him his first guitar and he taught himself to play. Now, although Charlie loved music, one of his lifelong dreams was to play professional baseball. And he was a darn good player too. In 1952, he pitched for the Memphis Red Sox of the Negro American League. Then in 53, he signed a contract with the Boise Yankees, the Class C farm team for the New York Yankees. And during that season, an injury caused him to lose the, quote, mustard, unquote, of his fastball. And he was sent to the Yankees Class D team in Wisconsin. Later that season, while in the Negro Leagues with the Louisville Clippers, two players, Pride and a guy named Jesse Mitchell, no relation to me, were traded to the Birmingham Black Barons for, get this, the team bus. Yes, Charlie later on said, Jesse and I may have the distinction of being the only players in history to be traded for a used motor vehicle. <laughs> he had a great sense of humor. Pride's singing abilities soon came to the attention of one of his minor league team managers who also paid him to sing 15 minutes before each game, which increased attendance and earned Pride another 10 bucks on top of the $10 he received for each game. Then he also played gigs in the local area, both solo and with a band called the Nighthawks. Now, Charlie was encouraged to join the music business by stars like Red Sovine and Red Foley, and he was working towards that career in 1958 in Memphis when he visited Sun Studio. Ring a bell? Yeah, same place that Elvis and Johnny Cash entered to record their debut records. Soon after, he released a song called The Snakes Crawl at Night, and then Before I Met You. Now, neither one of those songs charted, but it wasn't long afterwards his third single, Just Between You and Me, was released. That song finally brought pride success on the country charts. Reached number nine on the top 100 in 1967. Well, the success of Just Between You and Me was so big Charlie was nominated for a Grammy Award and was booked for his first large show in Detroit's Olympia Stadium. Now, since no biographical information had been included with those singles, few of the 10,000 country fans who came to the show knew Charlie was black and discovered that fact only when he walked out onto the stage, at which point the applause literally trickled off to silence. Charlie said, I knew I'd have to get over it sooner or later. And he told the audience, friends, I realize it's a little unique, me coming out here with a permanent suntan to sing country and western to you, but that's the way it is. 
It took a guy like Charlie with enormous self-confidence to be able to walk out on that stage and win over that audience. You'll hear his self-confidence in my interview with him next while I was at KRAK Country Music. It's that, his sense of humor, and his sense of self-worth that comes out clearly in this interview. Listen. Hi, is this Charlie? Yes, sir. Hi, good morning to you. How are you doing? Where are you calling from? My house. Where do you live now, Charlie? Dallas, Texas. It's awful early in the morning. Sir. Yeah, we're getting ready to fly out. So I'm getting ready to fly out to Blackfoot, Idaho. Yeah, Charlie, country music's changed so much. You, you've seen it happen uh, closer than anybody because you're in the industry for as long as you have. Yet you keep your style over and over throughout the years. Do you ever get the feeling like, hey, I ought to change? Or, or what, what, What's the reason that you stay the way you are? It's so successful and, and you don't give in to the temptation. Well... I just think that singing, and uh, I'm the epitome of American music. All I have to do is just play it, and uh, my fans, if you let them listen to it, whatever walk of life they're in, they'll like it. Mm -hmm. just, I just seem to be fortunate enough that no matter what music people like, I've, I've even got, uh, I mean, Beverly Seals is a Metropolitan Opera. She's one of my fans. I mean, I just think that uh, I'm blessed with a voice that if, I, if I'm played, you know, and people can hear me in, uh, on radio or see me in person, they like my singing. Well, we sure do. We play more of your songs than anybody I know. Are we on now? We're on the air. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's really neat talking to you because uh, I've been a fan of yours for, gosh, knows how many years, and uh, I think you're terrific. Well, thank you. Yeah, I want you to be downright honest with me, okay? All right. How do you feel about people like Julio Iglesias and Lionel Richie singing country music? Does that bug you? Well, the thing is, is that that's fine from the come over and the most popular music there is and then but the, the thing is I, I i just have this feeling that that a uh, a traditionalist like i'm tabbed as being is is limited to airplay where he's getting his airplay mm -hmm. that's my only thing uh, i think that pop and mor and country and uh, have borrowed from one another and have bordered on one another ever since the popularity of country music uh, since this upward climb in the last 15 20 years mm -hmm. And not only that, I mean, even when Hank Williams was uh, as hot as he was, I mean, there's always people out of the pop and M.O.R. world have tried to come over and uh, and taste our world of country music and uh, yet seemingly to look down upon it in one sense. Uh, I'm talking about the, the, the attitudes, not necessarily individually, specifically in Glacius as an individual person, but I'm speaking of other forms of music that out of his category that come over. Yeah. into our music. Again, I'm not uh, jealous or against it. It's just that I would like for a uh, turnabout fair play type of situation of appreciation. That's right. Over in the other category. That's all I'm saying. I want to be a part of one another, and let's don't feel that one is higher than the other, or maybe theirs are so chick and they can come over and do with us, and then yet we're so put looked upon as, as on the one hand, of, of, of the attitudes. You're your country, but it's all right, you know. Uh, but we're just not going to be as lenient and play you over here like we do, like you all do us. I understand what you're saying. I think it's time for a Charlie Pride Michael Jackson duet. What do you say? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying that uh, that I need that or want that. It's just that, you know, it's kind of like people sometime, uh, Mitchell, they look at one another's classes. We'll always have classes and who's better than who and that sort of thing. Uh-huh. I just think that we just need to, to reanalyze ourselves and, and just come to some appreciation type of, of, of understanding of one another and uh, not put one another down, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say. I think that's a wonderful thought. I've got your latest album in my hand here. I think it's your latest, Power of Love, is it? Yes. 
Okay, and your front cover picture here, you look like you're 25 years old. You're getting younger each year. Charlie. Well, I have to admit that uh, they did a, a little bit of uh, smoothed out some of the... Uh, I don't have that many wrinkles, but I, I mean, I think they've smoothed out some of the little touch-up there, you might call it. <laughs> can, can I have the guy's name, whoever did it, for my pictures, too? What? His name is, is, is Todd... Uh, Duncan. Todd Duncan. He, he's now living... He used to live here in Dallas, but he lives in New York now. Good. I could use his help. And, Charlie, looking forward to working with you. And thank you so much for calling us, especially this early in the morning. For an entertainer like you, getting up this early is deadly. And <laughs> I know. So uh, have a wonderful flight and a safe trip. Thank you, Joey. Charlie Pride. Charlie is one of three African-American members of the Grand Ole Opry. The other, DeFord Bailey and Darius Tucker. He was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame in 2000. And he once commented in a 1992 interview, they used to ask me how it feels to be the first colored singer. Then it was, how does it feel to be the first Negro country singer? Then the first black country singer. Now I'm the first African-American country singer. He says, that's about the only thing that's changed. Sadly, on December the 12th in 2020, in his beloved town of Dallas, Charlie died of complications related to COVID-19. He was 86 years old, and I will always remember him fondly. A great entertainer and a great human being, Charlie Pride. And until next week, thanks so much for listening to Celebrity Interviews with Joey Mitchell. That's all for today's episode of Celebrity Interviews with Joey Mitchell. Join us again next week for another well-known celebrity that most likely only aired once on Joey's show until now. Now you can subscribe to the podcast at patreon.com slash Joey Mitchell podcast. Patreon.com slash Joey Mitchell podcast. And you'll never miss an episode or extras only available to subscribers. Please visit and like Joey Mitchell's podcast on Facebook and tell us what you think. Thanks for listening.